Tuesday edition PFTOT, the place where we drop in the things that we didn't have time to get to during PFT Live. Chris Sims, Mike Florio. And, you know, one thing that we need to talk about is a very large man now playing for the New York Jets. And so large that when he showed up in pads, I think people were stunned at how big he is. Makai Becton, the new left tackle in New York, really their first marquee left tackle since DeBrickishaw Ferguson retired a little prematurely. Uh, this is what they need, Chris, the offensive line. If that offense is going to work, if they're going to get value out of Le'Veon Bell, they need a great offensive line. Now, look, Makai Becton isn't going to solve all five spots, but it's an indication that they're making the investment. Joe Douglas, the GM of the team, building from the inside out, right. not from the outside in, trying to win the way the teams that are successful always win having a better offensive line and a better defensive. That's right. And uh, that's why we're talking about it because I think this is, you know, one of the staples or, you know, things to look forward to if you're a Jets fan in the Joe Douglas, Adam Gase era going forward. You know, Joe Douglas, you know, we talked about it before. He comes from Baltimore. He comes from Philadelphia. What do they do? They kick people's butts up front. That's what their mantras have been, those two teams, for, you know, here in, in just in the recent past. And really longer than that with the Ravens. So, yeah, this this is the mark that Joe Douglas has made. His first pick ever is a mountain of a man. And we're talking about it. Yeah, why? Because he's a top 10 pick and all that, all of that. Yes. But we heard the rumblings from Jets players after the first padded practice yesterday about just the sheer presence of the man. And then, you know, the size and physicality of the man. You know, this is no, you know, no stay puff marshmallow man. I'll tell you that much. This is a big guy who likes being big and likes being mean. And I think it's just something to look at to kind of set forth the new attitude that we might see from the Jets a little bit, which is exciting. I mean, they couldn't open up a hole for anything last year for Le'Veon Bell. You know, but this year you talk about Mekhi Becton and George Fanton free agency and Connor McGovern, a big-time guard from the Denver Broncos. You know, Alex Lewis, who was in Baltimore before. You know, Greg Van Rotten. So they've made a very swat, like quiet, under-the-radar value signings with a top-10 pick at left tackle to improve their offensive line to where I think it is going to make their offense better and have a different look this year because I think they'll be able to depend on that O-line to pass-protect more, get keep people out in routes, and, of course, open up some holes in the run game. And think back to what Quentin Nelson's presence meant for the right. Colts a couple of years ago. You get that one guy yes. who comes in and and is going to be mean, and he's going to kick ass, right. and he's going the to attitude set the tone. Setter. Yeah. And the other four guys are going to be the same way. They become a bunch of street fighters. I mean, look, here's the thing. Even though we have seen over the past 11 years the NFL skew toward a much kinder and gentler game, a game that is very sensitive to the potential for long-term trauma, head issues, et cetera, when you're talking about creating running lanes, when you're talking about protecting the quarterback, it is still a very physical game. And you have to muster the will to go bust someone. You have to be, you have to be able to grab a very large, strong man across from you and throw him onto the ground. You have to have the mindset to do it. And Mekhi Becton is going to set that tone for the Jets, ideally, and allow them to, to be able to get the most out of Le'Veon Bell, be able to get the most out of Sam Darnold, be able to get the most out of their receivers if the offensive line can get it done, like Quentin Nelson helped the Colts build that wall you're so fond of. Yeah, well, you're right, though. He was the attitude setter. You know, it took a good offensive line to where we went, whoa, 
They're like a game-changing offensive line now, and now you can play the game through them. So you can have all these great you know, schematics in the pass game and all this creative stuff. That's great. Every now and then you're going to play a defense that's got you know, scheme or a creative coach to take away some of those schematics. And what the good teams usually have to fall back on is to go, okay, some of our tricks and creativity is not working today, but we still got just good old smash mouth football where we're going to come downhill and bust your, you know, just bust your mouth and, and run for five yards at a clip. You know, like New Orleans, they're a great example of that the last few years. Oh, okay, yeah, Drew Brees, Michael Thomas not working today. Hey, we, we can run the ball. Let's just get back to basics, be physical, blow people off the line of scrimmage, do that. You know, it just gives you another option and which way to run your team. And really, when you have a tough offensive line, it usually filters through to the rest of the team. Because like you said, you know, when you have one or two badasses, for lack of a better phrase, on that offensive line, the rest of the offensive line starts to join in on the badassness, right? They're all like, oh, I like this guy. He's tough. He's mean. I'm going to be like him and be a jerk on the field too and start playing the whistle and pushing people in the ground. But what also happens is then your defensive line and your linebackers start to get that same attitude because they're sick of going against these freaking guys every day and getting smushed into the ground and doing that. So now it creates an attitude for them. And that's when you then go, ooh, we're starting to get some real, a really physical football team. It's, it's part of the magic of the Baltimore Ravens for the last 20 years, right? I mean, it just seems like every year they've had the biggest, meanest offensive line. And then, oh, in turn, they have a big, mean defensive line because they got to go against those guys. And the attitude is set forth, you know, on a daily basis. Offensive line sets the attitude for practice. They really do. If, if they're kind of having an easy day and going, ooh, we're going to take care of our body, the defensive line will join in on that fun and just go, okay, yeah, let's take it easy today. That's cool. If the offensive line is firing out and being jerks, it makes the D-line go, damn, okay, you're going to ruin my practice and I'm going to get made fun of on film here. i got to dig in and start to match the intensity level, and it only helps the rest of your football team. That's right, and it gets you ready for Sunday, especially exactly. if you have a great offensive line and a great defensive line because you're practicing against something better than exactly. what you're ever going to have to face in a game, and that's how a team becomes dominant. Right. And when that happens, the quarterback has a lot of passing yards and touchdowns. The running back has a lot of yards. The receivers do well, and those are the guys who get talked about. Yeah, That's the great crazy. irony of football. The key to success is the, the group of five guys that if they do their jobs to the highest levels of their abilities – Nobody gives a crap about them. They care about the quarterback, the running back, and the receivers. All right, but uh, that's the key for the Jets. They, they need this badly. Joe Douglas, the GM of the team now, needs to show that he can build the team the right way. They have had so many failures from a personnel standpoint over the past 10 years or longer. Maybe this is where things start to turn. Do not sleep on the New York Jets in 2020. All right, don't sleep on COVID-19 either, although it's getting tempting to do so. The COVID-19 reserve list, Chris, is down to 12. Yeah. With all those guys, 80 times 32. I don't have my calculator handy. It's a lot of guys. It's well over 2,500 guys that are in camp. 12 are on the COVID-19 reserve list. And look, that's good. That's very good. Now, we'll see what happens now that they have padded practices. The NFL has been very confident that open-air settings will not be conducive to transmitting the virus, even as guys are coughing and breathing and spitting and bleeding on each other. 
They believe it's not going to transmit the virus, and obviously you need to keep someone who's positive from slipping through the cracks and getting out onto the field. Right. Let's see if the numbers change in a negative way in the coming week or so. Then the big test is taking the show on the road and playing games. But, you know, Chris, it's going so well. I've heard from people in the league who are saying, quit talking about how well it's going. Number one, you don't want to jinx it. You know, every sport has that concept of the right. jinx. But number two, you don't want guys to get complacent. You want guys to be on guard. You want to be, to be scared. And if the numbers get to a point where eh, it's no big deal anymore, that's when they open the door for a problem. That, that's the big thing. You know, again, you know, yeah, we know there's risk in playing football and, you know, hitting each other and sweating and breathing on each other, all those. But if you're doing all the things right outside of that, you know, that, that arena, you know, then you don't have to even worry about it. And, and you're going to have to continue that fight. This is going to be a, a long haul for the players this year. And you're right. I don't want complacency that way. I think the good thing is, Mike, where, you know, you look at the numbers, all right? And I know, like, we haven't practiced practice yet and we just started. But I still think there's been a decent amount of, you know, like we watched Hard Knocks last week. You know, Jalen Ramsey's all over a receiver and a little one-on-one. Like, yeah, they were they were probably closer than they were allowed to be at that point. But still, it was going on to where you're getting within that five-foot, two-foot range to breathe on people. And it's encouraging that that didn't lead to an outbreak or more issues or anything like that. So the one thing I have heard, and I think you're hearing the same, is really the players are self-policing themselves. And that's what's really good to hear. They're taking it seriously. They realize that the season hinges on their ability to be, you know, what do I want to say, dedicated or, or just, you know, uh, dedicated off the field like they are on the field. And, um, hey, I, I'm, I'm liking it. I'm, it's making me feel more and more hopeful as we go forward. And it is amazing that given that the country has struggled to get it under control, the NFL, even without – the league-wide bubble, the NHL, they haven't had a positive test in weeks yeah. now. The NBA is getting it done. Baseball is having their struggles. And and I I think in a weird sort of way, baseball was the wake-up call for the NFL. I think you're right. To the extent that anyone needed to know that this isn't something to mess around with. Even if you say, well, I'm not going to get sick. It doesn't matter if you don't get sick. You ain't going to play. If you're positive, you're not going to play. So that that desire to be available for your teammates, to be available to be out there, that's caused guys to do what they need to do. But you're right, Chris. The challenge is, can they sustain it? Can you continue to get the message across the way they've gotten it across? Don't get complacent and don't get lazy and don't get soft yeah. and don't get to the point where you think it's not an issue. And you know what? The fact that it continues to be an issue in our society will keep that from happening. And so, you know, football, hey, football, if the world was run by football coaches, the world would be a hell of a lot better place yeah. because football coaches will tell you the things that you don't want to hear about the things that you need to do to get your stuff together. And, uh, you know, we all, I think, at some point in life had a coach whose lessons we still hear all these years after the fact, and it's beneficial. We need to have people telling us the things we don't want to hear to tell us to do the things we don't want to do. So we go out and do them because it's for our own good. It's yeah. that simple. Yeah, you're right. You know, hopefully the NFL can you know open up some eyes through society, you know, and maybe society can look at it and go, wait, wait, here's college football. They're not doing anything, and wait, there's outbreaks with a lot of teams and things like that. Here's the NFL wearing masks, social distancing, still playing football. 
not having any issue. Why is that? Oh, that's right. They listen to the people that are, you know, um, uh, oh, have brains and uh, know something <laughs> about the medicine and science. That's right. So they've done that. Damn, how dare they listen to people with brains and, you know, a place where oh, they're very smart in their field. So that, to me, is going to be a great thing, too, to just show people and go, look, here's 80 guys tackling each other, breathing on each other. Nobody's getting the virus. You know why, society? Because they've done everything up to then right. All the things that we've been told to do by Dr. Fauci and all the smart people in our country. Okay, so there we go. I'm done now. Uh, sometimes it is that simple, and hopefully the NFL becomes. And you know, I, as we're talking about it, Chris, I mean, they're really again. Let's not let's not put the cart before the horse. But but if this works, this becomes something that can be parlayed into a stronger message to society. Yeah. At a time when everyone's caught up in the whole kneeling thing during the anthem, the NFL has an opportunity to spin this around and say, look, if you take it seriously. It's not an issue. You can say masks don't work. Look at us. Look at what we've done. We've got the masks. We've got the face shields. We're taking the precautions, and the virus isn't in our building. Testing and masks. Testing and masks. Instead of being concerned about testing leading to more cases, test and test and test and test and test to know who has it, contact trace, isolate, et cetera, and you understand what you're dealing with. The NFL did it right. The NFL, I look they, they did it right. They had a plan. So far, it's working. Yeah. I don't want to jinx it. Yep. So far, it's working. And maybe it becomes something that we can be, as the year goes on, telling the rest of the country, maybe you guys should be calling the NFL. Yeah. Maybe you should be talking to them about what they did because maybe they got some ideas that will help us out of this mess once and for all, Chris. Hopefully, we'll be out of this mess. Uh, but it looks like the NFL – Well. I, get, I, I feel like I'm jinxing it by saying it, but it looks like the NFL is going to yeah, you're the worst jinxing of it. And it you looks are. like we're going to get our games. But, but it just, you know, you right, know you're right. You're, we're, we're, you know, we're showing. Again, it's just, you know, do things the right way, and we can get back to normal. We can get, you know, not it's going to be totally normal, but we can start going that direction if we do things the right way. You know, I see it here, like, again, in the New York, Connecticut area, as you, I've told you. You know, people are still really diligent about it. They are. When I get out of work here and go home – I'm going to see people in Stanford, Connecticut, and they'll be everybody on the sidewalks going to be wearing masks, doing those type of things. I see more cars on the road going into New York City, going into work, doing those type of things. You know, so life is getting there. You know, but you got to be able to make a few sacrifices. Nothing's perfect. You know, wear a mask, be smart, wash your hands, stay away from people, don't go in a mosh pit. I don't know, just common sense the things to do during a pandemic. No, no mosh pits for you. Well, okay. At the Kiss concert. No, no mosh pits for me. Lest I jinx it any further, I think this is an appropriate point to end it for today. We'll be back tomorrow with a new edition of PFT Live. We'll be posting updates around the clock at ProFootballTalk.com. Everyone stay safe, be smart, and look to the NFL for the guidance on the things that you need to do to limit the spread of this virus. And maybe we'll all get to the other side of this thing sooner than later. Everybody have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow. See ya. 